0: Welcome to episode 28 of The Route, a glorified sports business coffee chat that has a new guest every episode as they share their experiences and route in sports. I'm Christopher Nascimento, and let's get started. As always, before we kind of get into anything else, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and also rate five stars on Apple Podcasts. makes a huge difference just to you know, aid others in discovering the podcast more easily. So, please do so as it's a big help. Additionally, if you want to stay up to date with anything regarding the podcast or my career or any of the events that I'm hosting, uh, follow me on social media at Nest Mental Marketing and uh, you can keep in touch with everything that's going on. But with that, let's get into today's episode. We have a great guest on tap for today's episode. And I know I'm always saying that, but I truly think when I select someone to come on, it's for these reasons. And today's episode is a little different than the others. So clearly, if you've listened in the past or this is your first time listening, I always try to provide a different perspective, just to kind of show the different routes. Hence the name, in sports or you know in business as a whole, and what type of things uh, young professionals or you know current students could be doing to differentiate themselves from you know others, or also just to get that uh, that extra step on uh, on their competitors as well. So. Today's guest isn't necessarily in sports anymore, but he did, however, you know, work in sports at one time, intern with the, the local CFL and junior hockey team here at uh, Ottawa Sports Entertainment Group. So I've actually been fortunate enough to to meet our guest today. You know, before the whole podcast, we've been on a coffee chat in the past. We've we've stayed in touch, and you know, before I ever met him, one of the things someone told me when they suggested I I should meet him was that he's an expert at personal branding, and I just touched on this a few seconds ago really the great way to get into the sports industry because it's such a niche market is to differentiate yourself or you know get that extra that extra step on everyone else and I think that's what I've been trying to do with Nest marketing and you know Hayden does a great job of talking Hayden's our guest today Hayden does a great job of talking about this throughout the episode where he really kind of pushes on you know developing real connections and also you know kind of putting yourself in the correct position to succeed so He's a great person to listen to and he has clients in sports still. He understands how to brand himself correctly and open uh, the door for new connections to come in, which we all know here in sports or even in other industries as well. It's all about who you know and not what you know necessarily. So I think you guys are going to absolutely love it and it's going to be a great perspective to to apply to your, your careers or even lives going forward. So um, we'll get into that shortly. But before we do so, there's two quick things I want to touch on. So the first is, um, we're always kind of talking about the different things that people are doing in sports and what you could be doing and what I'm doing and what our, what our guests have done as well or what they are doing. And I like to be fairly open and you know fairly transparent with everything that I'm doing. And on the 17th, so just a few days ago before this podcast released, was technically my one year anniversary of getting off my ass, you could say. And sorry for my language if that offends someone But, you know, July 17th in 2019 is the day, you know, I went to my first real uh, sports networking event So I always knew I wanted to work in sports But I was almost waiting it for, for it to hit me in the face and, you know, i find a job that way But, you know, I finally, you know, got up and realized If I wanted to get in sports, do something I love, I had to go for it And it just so happens that, you know, I received a an invitation to a Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment Group networking event and I saw this as a perfect opportunity to, to jump in the deep end because I knew if I continued on the on the, the pace I was going by the time I graduated I wouldn't be in the correct position that I wanted to be in and yeah so I made that first step and from there kind of motivated me to you know start going on all these coffee chats and that's how I ended up meeting Hayden I think maybe a month or a few weeks later for the first time I was you know, speaking to as many people as I could, picking everyone's brain, eventually came to the podcast, building my brand. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to say here, uh, you know, 12 months removed from when I first jumped in the deep end. I'm now working with, uh, you know, Athletico Ottawa, the new CPL team here in Ottawa, getting some amazing experience from an expansion franchise. So I just wanted to put that out there because I think oftentimes students or young professionals think, oh, if I didn't, get involved in volunteering or internships early on in my academic career it's going to hinder me going forward and you know it it may it may do so but i think that's that's just an easy way out and if you really want something you work towards it and you know uh you'll make up that ground in no time and you won't ever really think back again and say oh i should have done this or should have done that but because you you made that difference now and you you made up for it so that's the first thing i want to touch on and the second thing I want to touch on quickly is if, uh, for those that aren't familiar yet, I'm hosting a huge university um, esports networking event. So basically it's 16 schools in the States, 16 schools in Canada, and we're having a networking event over Zoom while the two schools um, compete over some type of you know, sports video game. Just to kind of keep that context in, in, in sports and also just kind of, use the, the video games as a vehicle to take it from beginning to end and also just uh, have that visual entertainment as well on these um, you know video platforms. So that's Nesmental Marketing's 32 Blitz presented by Living Sport, available on Twitch or YouTube under my channel, Nesimento Marketing. And the last thing I'll quickly add in here for those that aren't aware yet, Living Sport my sponsor, shout out to you guys. Um, the winner of the whole tournament, so the winner of August 1st Uh, canada versus usa matchup will be receiving a 500 dollars scholarship to a living sport program in 2021 so that's something to look forward to as you know it's an amazing prize pack and we're so grateful that uh you know the winner can get that so stay tuned for that but without any further ado i think let's get into hayden's interview i now like to welcome someone who walks the unbeaten path i still remember when i was first introduced to them you know the first quote someone told me about you was you know expert in personal branding. And I couldn't think that's that's more true because now you have your own company. You're the digital marketing consultant at Cash and Marketing. i like to welcome Hidden Cashin to the route. How's it going?
1: Thank you for having me, brother. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, crazy times, but some good conversations to be had.
1: 100%.
0: Yeah, so I guess just to start, the way I like to start my podcast is just kind of introducing who you are a bit and Maybe you can touch on where you went to school and then maybe your experience in sport.
1: Yeah, for sure. Okay, so maybe I'll start from the beginning and then kind of introduce what I do now. So yeah. I, uh, I went to the University of Ottawa for marketing. Um, through that course, you know, I, I realized I was interested in marketing, but I didn't know exactly within marketing where I wanted to land. So, you know, by accident, I got an email um, about a digital marketing certification. That was like an optional thing that you could do. And I say by because it was for grad students. And so when I got that email, it kind of piqued my interest. And so I emailed them back and said, look, I'm not a grad student, but uh, I'd be interested to try it if it's possible. And they said, yeah, look, this is the first time you're doing this. So apply and we'll see what happens. And anyway, applied, got into it. It was great. It was 11 weeks through the summer intensive 20 uh, hour weeks. And through that, I got an internship at OSEG. So for those who don't know, OSEG owns the Ottawa 67s, the Ottawa Red Blacks. The former Ottawa Fury, they do a ton of concerts and events. They own all the shopping space that lands down here in Ottawa. So it was a great place for me to land because they're doing so much all the time that they just needed digital marketing campaigns one after another, after another, after another, just up, 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 up. So it was great because I got to learn really quick and try a bunch of different things really quick. And they gave me the freedom to kind of come up with concepts and ideas that I wanted to do and just test and test and test. And they also had people internally who knew what they were doing in the digital marketing space. So it gave me kind of a safety net to go to them with a bunch of ideas that I wanted to try and then have them kind of be like, okay, look, let's look at it this way, this way, this way, and kind of come up with real plans and test out a ton of things and learn. So it was an amazing experience. Um, I was there for nine months. And while I was there, I started um, consulting for a couple of restaurants on the side as well. And that was a a little bit of a different experience because for the restaurants, I got to look at a project front to back, right? At OSEG, I was kind of a piece of the puzzle, whereas at the restaurants, I was looking at the initial strategy, the initial brand, um, you know, the organic content, the website, like the whole thing. So it was interesting to look at something front to back and that kind of piqued my interest a lot. So I reached out to one of my profs at the time who was a former marketing consultant and I asked him, I was like, hey, I really like doing this consulting thing, this whole project thing how can I kind of get into that space? Anyway, he gave me some great tips. And about three weeks later, he emailed me and said, hey, someone just reached out to me as, as in the prof to become a marketing consultant for them. But since I'm a prof, now I don't have time, would there be something uh, you'd be interested in? I was like, 100%. So through that, I got connected with this agency in Montreal. And I was leading a project here in Ottawa with a company called CPAC, which is a political news station. And what they were looking to do was to move from television to digital. So website, social media for uh, content distribution. And so my kind of task was to help transition their strategy from a TV first to kind of a social media first and transition them into the digital world. So this was like doing a full project just on a way bigger scale. And so it allowed me to up kind of my skills once again and work with a full project. Um, Through that, uh, I got a lot of experience and I had some outside demand from other companies that wanted me to help them. And so it made kind of more sense for me to just start my own thing. So January, 2019, I uh, started my own company, Cash and Marketing. Basically what we focus on is using Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and Google ads to drive business results for our clients. Um, depending on what industry the client's in, sometimes the business result is direct sales, sometimes it's lead generation, sometimes it's brand awareness. So. We try to actually evaluate the client and find the metric that they actually want to maximize and then run our campaigns uh, to track that and optimize that over time. I saw this kind of as an opportunity because when I was working at the agency, one thing that I noticed was that when we build reports, there's all the data, all the metrics. Sometimes some would go up and some would go down and we wouldn't know if it's a success or a failure. So what I saw was like, Why don't we focus on the actual key metric and try to maximize that? So that's how I built my agency. Um, And then, yeah, so since January 2019, been growing that. And I think maybe like three or four months into it, um, OSEG reached out because I think there was a change in staffing and basically they needed some support on the digital ad side. And I was just supposed to take on one project, but then we saw we were having a lot of success. And then they put me on um, another project and another project. And then over time, we just kept expanding the scope. And uh, until COVID, it was going really well. And now obviously sports has uh, shut down. So that contract's on pause right now. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, I've, I've heard your story from yourself and also from I think when a, a prof when I was at U Auto as well. So one, I just have one quick question before we kind of get back into it. You kind of touched on a, a key metric. What is there a specific one that you want to share or is that something you kind of keep to yourself
1: well the key metric is is business specific right so yeah. if you're working with say a real estate agent or a wedding venue or a car dealership it's probably going to be lead generation because you kind of need the human on the other side to close so that the leads generated would be the key metric whereas for something like a sports team um it'll be ticket sales right or if it's an e-com site it will be product sales so measuring how much money you're putting in and how many sales you're getting on the back end so for the yeah. sports team specifically, we run campaigns um, to maximize ticket sales on the back end. And then for other events that were non-ticketed, we would run campaigns to maximize brand awareness.
0: Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, just going back to your route now, I kind of mentioned this at the top of the episode when I introduced you, you're kind of different from other guests that we had because you're not necessarily going the, the the path that a lot of people go into when they want to get involved in sport. Obviously you're, you're more involved in the marketing side of things and you're just, you know, dabbling with uh, every industry. But uh, I kind of wanted to ask you before, you know, you touched on, you worked at OSEG, you took that digital marketing certificate at UOttawa and you worked at an agency. When did you find you really kind of hit your stride with digital marketing? Was it something you kind of learned on your own or was it at the certificate or at OSEG where you just like, oh, I got this. Like, I'm pretty good at it.
1: Um, I think in the certificate, it's very foundational. So yeah. you don't really hit your stride at all. You kind of get a taste of everything, which allows you to take a step in the right direction. Uh, once you figure out what you what you enjoy the most. Um, at OSEG, I started hitting my stride, but OSEG is very different from 99% of companies because they have such a strong brand awareness locally, right? the way I would compare it is like they are like a Pepsi. When you're looking at Pepsi on a global scale, their brand awareness is on the same level within its geographical constriction of Ottawa, right? So they already have the brand awareness. So a lot for, for a company like OSEG, it's more about what I was trying to do is transition them more into using the data to inform the decisions instead of, create making the decisions up front and then just letting things run um and also leveraging the first party data that they had to allow facebook's kind of ai system to find our ideal customer right so what that kind of means is if you're a business in the beginning stages or a business that doesn't collect data you kind of have to start by guessing who you should target and all this type of stuff but over time as you collect data you can re-input it into facebook and Instagram and allow Facebook and Instagram's AI system to leverage that data to find your new yeah, customers.
0: That, that makes a lot of sense. And now I just want to kind of touch on your time at OSEG quickly, because I know probably the people listening, they're interested. Oh, how do you, you know, first start at a team and you know, how, uh, how did you hit your stride there? So maybe do you mind touching on your, your experience a bit more at OSEG. how did you get in and then how did you go from there?
1: Yeah. So I was fortunate in the sense of through the digital marketing certification, um, it was a partnership between the university and a marketing agency. And what they kind of, I wouldn't say promise, but I guess, yeah, what they promised was through the course, if you wanted an internship somewhere, they would set you up with an interview because it was an agency. So they had a lot of connections with clients. And so they had a list of of different businesses that were potentially going to accept an intern. And we could, the people in the class could basically list out, in order of um, preference what company they'd want to work for. So my number one was OSEG just because, you know, I was, I've always been an athlete and I thought sports was really, you know, going to be interesting to work in. And so I had the interview with them. Um, I don't really remember it to be fair, but I just know that I just went all out and doubled down on who I am as a person. Like if, (laughs) if you could record my interviews, they're pretty funny. Like I just go in there and, I'm the type of guy like if you fall in love with my personality there's no way you're gonna hire anybody else but at the same time you could think i'm way too much and be like okay i can't deal with this person so i just doubled down on who i was luckily me and um the manager at the time connected really well and uh for them it was like it was minimum wage internship a couple times a week so it was like not much risk for them
0: yeah
1: and uh yeah that's kind of how that went and then at oseg like like I said, like it was, it was right when they were having one of the winter classics. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. I, and like I the think Heritage they had
0: classic and they had the junior game outside too.
1: Yeah. And it might've been the year that they hosted the gray cup as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was
0: actually. Cause they had okay. So that team, was, yeah.
1: so that was when I was there. So they had like some major projects in the works. So to throw me on them, wasn't that difficult for them. They already had a bunch of people working on them and I was just kind of in the mix. Um, and the, I don't want to bullshit you. Like I don't really remember how I acted or whatever, but what yeah. I can guess is that I was, I would listen 99% of the time. And then when I thought I had something smart to say, I would say it, but I wouldn't talk unless I really thought I had valuable things to say. I didn't feel like I had to talk just be, just for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, struck you know the the higher-ups that were in the meetings that I was in and I don't know I think that they just understood that like I kind of knew how to navigate and that I was there to learn and there to like really try my best and maybe that's what it was actually the more I think about it is I just put in effort like I was an intern but but I I just tried my hardest every single day and even even when i made mistakes like i would own up to them right away and i would be like man like this will never happen again i'm super sorry like this is what happened whatever whatever and like you know i just i just really put it in an yeah, no, effort.
0: That, that makes a lot of sense and that's probably something that a lot of people kind of develop as they get older right It's the whole self-awareness and being com- uh, confident and comfortable where you are and that's kind of something i wanted to move towards now because obviously you, you know you you dabbled with the sports with osig when you worked there and now you have different clients whether it's osig or others with cash and marketing but before we get into those i kind of want to touch on you specifically and your personal brand because we talked about this uh before we started recording how a lot of people when they you know try creating a personal brand they kind of just try to replicate others or you know try to get really good at one thing and just continue that what made you start oh you know what I, i need to develop a personal brand and how how did you grow it
1: so for me i think when i was 21 i realized i had an opportunity Because I was working in the sports world and the marketing aspect of it, which I think in my opinion was a pretty desirable position for someone my age, especially being a male, like working in marketing and sports, a lot of people kind of want to get their foot in the door. So I was like, huh, why don't I start documenting what I'm doing on a daily basis? Because I think people will find it interesting because it's not traditional what a 21 year old would be doing. So I just started documenting it started getting you know people that would message me back and say oh this is so cool like what do you do there etc cetera, etc cetera. and then just starting to realize that like i was when when i would go places and see people like my friends or whatever they would all know exactly what i'm up to yeah. and i was like huh like when i document what i'm doing on a daily basis i'm really creating a a general awareness about what i'm up to and then through that like opportunities would start coming cuz people would be like hey like i, I I know you do sports marketing and, and digital marketing. Like my uncle has this, uh, do you think you could help him? And do you think you could help this person and that person and et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, wow, like this is potentially going to create opportunities for me to do whatever I want. So I just yeah, kept rolling no, that, with that it. That
0: makes a lot of sense. And you know, I kind of just started mine from uh, from a class project. You need to be promoting it. And then it just kind of developed. Mm-hmm. And one thing I kind of talk about, and even when I talk to like other students who are still in school They, uh, you know, everyone has to go to those networking events, right? The wine and cheese. You don't really know how to act when you first start. And that's the one that you kind of, oh, I I need to get good at this. And this is how I'm going to get a job. This is the only way to network. But in reality, like you're saying, Mm -hmm. you know, even, you know, so many 20 year olds, 25 year olds, whatever. Everyone has social media. Everyone has a phone where they can easily just network with whomever they want, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram. So I think that's something that's not Mm -hmm. uh, spoken about enough that these like platforms mm. that you just mess around with your friends. Sometimes they can actually be super beneficial yeah. for your, for your career.
1: And yeah, yeah go ahead. It's funny the, the way I was naturally wired was to try to do things that other people weren't yeah. doing in order to stand out. And so for wine and cheeses, for instance, like I would never go to those because I was like every single other person there is pretty much me. Yeah. So how am I going to stand out? Right. So, I was like, if I, because I was still a student. So, I'm like, if I can't stand out as a student, then maybe I should make the environment we're in stand out. Right. So, I would just proactively message people on Instagram and LinkedIn who had jobs and were doing things that I wanted to potentially do. And I would just hit them up and be like, hey, look, I'm, you know, a student at U Auto and Marketing. I'm super interested in what you do. I was wondering, you know, if between these dates, if you carve out an hour, I'll come to you and I would just love love to buy you a coffee and chat with you. And, you know, like, so many of those people will see themselves in you when you send them that message. And they'll be like, Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like does this date work or does this date work? And then all of a sudden you start making real impressions with people. Cause I think when you're at a wine and cheese, you have like, you have a feeling that, you know, you have five minutes, but then you got to leave. Like you can't just yeah. chat somebody's ear off cause there's a lot of people they have to get to. Whereas when you can sit down and have a meaningful, you know, one hour conversation, same thing as at Oh, say I would listen more than I would talk. And I would just, try to build like a genuine connection what ends up happening is those people like i said they see themselves in you and then they feel like they're a part of your story and they feel like they can help you get to the next level and all of a sudden they're almost on your yeah. team as a promoter if that makes sense so if they were like the vp of this i know that if i messaged them you know in a couple of days and i was like hey look i was thinking of getting uh of doing this of doing it. what do you think about it what do you think about it and then building that relationship continuously. And then eventually if I was like, Hey, I really want to kind of work here. Um, could you get me, you know, just in a, a meeting with somebody and they'd be like a hundred percent. So that's the way that I would look at it is like, always kind of go against the grain and use social media to create in person. You know, I completely
0: agree. Cause you know, even for myself, like I went to, I went to the same school as you did marketing as well. And you know, wine and cheese is a pretty big thing. And, I kind of felt the same way He kind of felt like everyone's the same person everyone's saying the exact same thing and was really standing out because it doesn't feel like a comfortable environment at least at at those events too so i only really yeah. started networking last july i went to an event in toronto because it's exactly what i wanted to do specifically in sports and then i decided you know, i'm like you know what, i gotta hammer this because if i'm gonna be successful or something i gotta i gotta go after it so i started you know getting contact with people me and you went for a coffee chat and i did exactly that you know sat down for an hour with you yeah you shared some great things i still have that that little notebook it's a little filled out now but you know <laughs> uh, you end up taking me to to something else after and you know there's so much different things that you're learning and it feels like the more people you speak to and create that like genuine connection whether it's a coffee chat or even just having a podcast or whatever with them having that genuine yeah. interaction like they join a part of your team and they want to help you succeed whether it's getting in contact with someone else or here and there but
1: a i I'm looking right now at at my board of of clients, and there's only one client out of twelve that I knew personally yeah. that just just messaged me and became a client. Every single other client that I have was a connection made through somebody. Oh,
0: yeah, like I I like, I can't agree with that anymore. And I guess maybe one thing that's maybe for the people listening now. What's uh you know, you, you kind of touched on going against the grain, right? Like don't try to be, you know, like a sheep and be like all the other sheep, but uh, what's kind of the best way to start, I guess, and maybe to grow that following or, uh, you know, just just start networking on social media because that's not something you're, you typically think of when you think of these apps.
1: Yeah. The first thing I would say is like understand what you're up to and what you're trying to accomplish. Um, following a lot of the times doesn't mean much. You know, if, if I run into traffic and make a viral video, my followers are going to go up, but it's not for the right reasons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so first you have to map towards what your actual end goal is. And then what I would say is like classic Gary V terms of jab, 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 right hook, or just potentially just keep jabbing and let the let the people come to you when they're ready, depending on how quickly you need to make sales or get clients or whatever. Um, but put out the content that would actually be valuable to whatever you're trying to map to. So for an easy example, like for me, like if I'm trying to get clients to hire me to do their digital marketing, I'm going to put out content explaining how I've had successful digital marketing campaigns with other clients and really breaking it down in layman's terms so that people can understand what I do and how we produce a return on revenue. And then just putting that content out and consistently, 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 like, If you were to look at my following numbers, they haven't like gone up super quick. They went up when I used to make music, actually, and it's pretty much plateaued. But what I'm doing right now with the content I put out is I'm building depth, right? So even though the followers aren't skyrocketing, the followers that I do have are consistently learning more about me, feeling more connected to me, and I'm staying top of mind. And for what I'm up to, my end goal of building this marketing agency, I don't need like I've like I said in a piece of content, I don't need, you know, a million followers. I just need, say, like 20, 30, 40, 50 clients to really have a nice nice business. So for me, it's more important to build depth and really be top of mind, especially locally, than to aim for 100,000 followers.
0: No, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And I think maybe it's the society we're in now where, you know, people get kind of caught up with the likes and the followers rather than, you know, the quality.
1: Because they're insecure, so, bro, because they're insecure. no, no. I, That's the real reason. Like, like if people understood that there's so many people with 800 followers that make millions of dollars a year, right? Like the, the IG followers, unless you're trying to become a social media influencer and monetize based on your engagement and your following, you don't really need a large following. Like I work with companies too that have a thousand followers on Instagram, but through Instagram ads we do a million dollars a year. Yeah, well. Now their followers don't go up, but we're providing a service on the back end that they might not want to follow our page to hear every day about that service. But just having a page that explains it and then running ads to hit the target can drive sales. It's on the kind back of like end. that little,
0: I guess smoking mirror. I don't know if that's going to be the right term, but I'll, I'll go with that for now where, you know, it's not, not everything's what it seems, but yeah. just kind of bringing it back to sports, right? Cause as things kind of dwindle down in this interview, um, so I kind of touched on earlier how you're not necessarily the type of person who's just going you know, straight up the ladder. You're going back, forth, up, down, side to side, et cetera. And that's kind of something I kind of want to kind of provide more exposure to, to, to people in sports, right? You don't necessarily, if you want to work for a, an organization or a specific league, you don't need to go, I don't know, go join the Ottawa Senators and kind of work your way up. You know, you can go side to side, up, down, left, right, et cetera. So do you mm. mind maybe touch on your experiences of, you know, going side to side, like always moving around and being on your toes, All right, just in regards to your career. Right. So you're not necessarily just, mm. yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. So for me, I don't really have a vision mapped out of oh, I want to build an agency in this specific industry, solving this specific product, maybe developing this specific tech. What I do is I just put out general content of being a marketing expert. And I let the world kind of come to me with opportunities. And as I learn through those opportunities, I start to develop what makes the most sense. And then maybe I'll actively go out on those opportunities. But if other opportunities come out, all of a sudden I'm dynamic. Like for instance, I was looking at working in a certain industry with a ton of clients, but now that COVID's hit, that industry is pretty much on pause right now. So even though that was my plan, now I'm backtracking and rotating to another place because it just makes more sense. So I find for me, especially with being a small shop too, like I'm able to just be dynamic and move towards whatever makes sense. in the yeah, current no, landscape.
0: that makes a lot of sense. And then something I kind of want to build on that is, let's say someone wants to do something similar to yourself, maybe not exactly digital marketing, but they kind of want to become a consultant and uh, gain clients in the sports industry. Do you have any kind of advice for that other than uh, working with them and then making that connection later on?
1: Just find out how you can provide them value, right? Find out what you can do to help them achieve their objective. And if you can do that at a price that is ROI positive on the back end, then it, it makes perfect sense, right? Like, I didn't go to my clients and try to convince them that I'm going to help their business and then on the back end not be able to prove it. Like, I came to them and I was like, look, I think if you invest this much money with me, um, on the back end, we can make around this much, you know, as we get the data, we'll get a better picture of what to expect. But based on case study ABC that I've done in the past, this is why I averaged it this way. So I would go to a client and basically say, look, I think after this amount of time, we're going to break even. And then after this amount of time, we'll be scaling profitably. And that's kind of my expectation for you. And that's how I'm going to give you value. I'm going to make you money, right? So I go to every client with an actual value proposition, instead of just saying like, "Hey." Your social media should be better, yeah I don't know how that will actually help you drive your business, but I think it should be better, right? So I think when you can reverse engineer and map back to their ambition and their goal and then become a piece of that to actually help them get there, it makes it a lot easier.
0: People are going to be taking a piece of pencil or a piece of paper and pencil you know they're going to be scrambling that down real quick, but <laughs> one last thing I kind of want to touch on with that is you know you you have clients that are in the sports industry, you kind of touched on that earlier. Do you mind maybe kind of giving a rundown of what it's like? As in, what do you do when you, you sit down with them and take us from start to finish, if you don't mind, as in uh, Spark notes it, I guess.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, from a digital marketing standpoint, there's kind of two different facets that you would want to do in the sports world. One is building brand and making people feel more connected to the brand and love your brand more and want to purchase your brand over similar options. And then two is actually sales, right? So there's like kind of a marketing component and kind of a sales component. Now, what what I tend to focus on for, for my current clients is more the sales side and creating basically a system that we drop some cash in an initial test. But then as soon as we get that data, we're making changes to, to make sure that every dollar that we spend is producing the most on the back end. And this is. Overall, this is the most groundbreaking kind of thing that we have right now in the digital marketing space is that gone are the days where you need to spend a ton of time developing a super intricate strategy because you don't just have like one shot at a billboard or one shot at a radio commercial and then you cross your fingers. Now, as soon as we put a campaign live, we're getting data coming in, telling us the truth, right? So... Instead of sitting sitting around and thinking about these crazy concepts that we think are great, let's create a system where we can just create them all and run them all. And then really quickly, we'll understand what the market likes the most. And we can shift more budget into that to maximize our return and also gain insights on what the market likes. So in the future, we can dive deeper into them and build them out even further. Um, another reason I love that is because it takes the subjectivity out of creativity. So... If I have an idea, if you have an idea, if they have an idea, if he has an idea, if she has an idea, let's just do them all instead of us saying, oh, I think this is better. I think – because at the end of the day, what we think doesn't actually matter. I'm shocked the amount of times that what I think would work and what the client think would work, neither of them work. It was some other idea that that somebody else had that works, right? Yeah, I know. That... Um, so that, that's kind of what we do with the sports teams is like since, since buying a ticket is an online sale, you can see on the back end. How much money you're making off of each ad specifically, right? So if we launch a campaign, let's say 100 ads, maybe eight of them, or sorry, eight, maybe 80 of them are not converting profitably, maybe 10 of them are breaking even, and maybe 10 of them are converting profitably. So what we would then do is allocate the rest of the money live into the ones that are converting profitably and seeing if they'll scale. And when you run enough ads, like say if you run 200, 300, 400 ads at once, there's going to be some in there that are profitable and that will scale profitably just by the numbers, just by having so much options. Right. And so that's kind of what I do with my clients. And one thing that I also tend to do is not necessarily look at what worked and hundred percent believe in that forever. Right. Because things change what worked today might not work during COVID, yeah. right? Or sorry, but worked you know before COVID. Might not work anymore during COVID, and also like people's kind of kind of feelings towards social media change as well, yeah. right? So an ad that might have been more salesy six months ago might not convert as well as as an ad that really drives emotion and builds brand and then pushes to a product. So I think it's it's about using the data to adjust live. But never taking that report as kind of the, the religion going forward, you know, taking it as an interesting insight, but continuing to just test, even testing things that didn't work in the past, just trying them again. Because I've seen I've seen everything, bro. Like I, every campaign is truly unique. I'm trying to opinion. touch
0: on the current times we're in, right? You know, a lot of people are at home. Uh, different industries are kind of on pause, I guess you can say. And let's say for you're talking about like looking at the back end of. Facebook, right and you're looking at the ticket sales and you're, you're running all these different ads and a lot of that it's kind of you it's you got you got to try it out to kind of learn right so i kind of wanted to ask let's say someone's listening and they want to to learn how to do that what's the best way to 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 try it out and during covid i guess you could say
1: to learn ads you know yeah, how to like Run
0: nine ads and yeah, see which ones work and which ones don't during COVID, even though they don't have a
1: yeah. So I actually just messaged someone on LinkedIn explaining this too. There's only really three ways that you can develop the skill for real, yeah. right? And the re- what I mean by for real is like you have to actually spend money yeah. to develop the skill because you have to spend money on ads. Like you can learn it theoretically by watching a lot of videos, but in order to really learn it, you have to spend enough in ads to get real data. Yeah. So There's three ways. The first way is kind of do what I did at OSEG and join a team that's already doing it and just be a fly on the wall in the beginning. Add in your two cents every once in a while and over time, learn more, learn more, learn more and then sharpen your sword that way. So that's the first way to join a team and learn through a team. The second way would be to find some clients on your own. You can try to pitch them for money but even what I would say is just say you'll do free work for them you know, they put up the money for the ads, but you won't charge them a service fee because you'll develop that skill by getting their budget. And then in the future, you can use that case study as leverage to then make money, right. To then get a paying client. So that'd be the second way is do some free work to get the skill. And then the third way is to create your own e-com store, put up your own cash for ads and just learn by testing. Yeah.
0: So I guess that's all like interesting. I'm sure people are going to be trying that out and even myself, after I met with you, I actually started doing that where I put up my own money and I started running ads and yeah. I even tried that for uh, my parents' house actually because when they were selling it, it uh, kind of worked. But yeah, anyways. Um, just the last thing I kind of want to ask is, you know, we're, we're in these crazy times and, you know, when the floodgates open again where, you know, industries are going to be coming out of their their halt and let's say the sports industry, a bunch of people are going to be running for those jobs, right? Because there's going to be some available and a lot of people gunning for it. So what's maybe something that you'd recommend for people now to be doing to be better prepared, whether it's just creating a better portfolio, growing your brand, or just developing skills? What type of thing would you advise them on?
1: You just got to develop real connections with people in positions to change your life. And even position people in positions to change your life down the road, right? Think about when me and you had our meeting, right? There wasn't really anything upfront in that moment that you could offer me yeah but i know that taking that meeting with you making that genuine connection bringing you to OSEG to learn a little bit is is going to leave an impression on you and i was impressed by our meeting and i thought that you know one day you're probably going to be very successful and i want you to remember that i went out of my way to help you when i didn't have yeah, to in a sense right so I I think that right now is the time to build real relationships with human beings and real relationships. I mean, put in serious time, you know, talking to them, FaceTiming them, texting them without any expectation in return so that when you do go in for the ask six months down the road, you're in a position where they're 100% going to say yes. Um, for instance, another thing that I, I was thinking about during this, this quarantine is like every single major celebrity in the world is quarantined and sitting on their phone. Yeah. So if you can learn how to write a compelling DM, there's a shot that you can connect with them and make something happen. And for me, like I won't tell you exactly who it was, but I did that strategy and I've connected with someone that I never thought I'd be in connection with and we're moving forward towards working. And so I would take this quarantine moment to reach out to as many people, as crazy as it may be, C listers to A listers, any any place that you want to be in terms of industry. And just start trying to make connections and look for their team too. Don't just look for them.
0: No, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. That's kind of something I was doing with the, with the podcast to get some of these guests with these, with these big teams, you know, just going to people they work with and on LinkedIn, having crafted a good Instagram DM yet, that I kind of really worked. But I think LinkedIn, I got it. But other than that, unless you have anything else to share, thank you so much for taking the time and, you know, sharing your stories and experiences with us.
1: Man, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really like what you're doing in the podcast space and like I said I'm always impressed when I chat with you I think you're going to be wildly successful over the next few decades and I can't wait to watch
0: yeah I appreciate that thank you so much you're welcome bro it looks like I uh, cut Hayden a a little off there at the end but um, as always I just want to thank Hayden so much for coming on the podcast and even anytime we chat or even you know message it's always great insight and always good discussion as well. So I really appreciate you coming on and, you know, look forward to keeping in touch. And hopefully, you know, everyone here learned something from Hayden as well. And, you know, I want to do a quick plug to Hayden because, you know, I kind of referred to his work. And I think it's a great example of how to, to build a personal brand because I kind of took things away from him as well. And, you know, even after recording the podcast, he told me, hey, it's not a personal brand if you don't attach your face to it. So immediately after we recorded, you know, I, I recorded a uh a selfie video for my podcast saying hey just finished recording with Hayden uh, tune in when the, when the episode comes out so I um, think he has some great insight and also some great advice as well so uh, check him out on Instagram and I believe all social media as well at Hayden Cashin his, uh, his business is Cashin Marketing they're doing great stuff so check them out and yeah that's about it for today's episode but the last thing you should do here is follow me my personal brand at nest mental marketing a little bit more of a mouthful than Hayden's, but N-A-S-C-I-M-E-N-T-O-M-K-T-G has a nice ring to it. You can find it on all platforms, including YouTube and Twitch, and that way you can stay in touch with whatever I'm doing, whatever events, podcasts, and whatever else I'm up to. So uh, look forward to speaking to you guys again next Monday. Have a good one.